Okay, welcome to Technocratic Tyranny News, uh, which is a news format that used to be called Free Association, but now it's called Technocratic Tyranny News. Um, we've had some uh, events in the UK over the last week. We've had Quasi Quartang's um, allegedly mini budget with no figures and uh, the response of the City of London, which was, we're not dealing with this, we need figures. That's basically what they, what they were implying. So now we've got Liz Truss, who's the Prime Minister, talking to local radio, and this is James O'Brien's response to that. Well, catastrophic interviews. Do you see what I did there? Catastrophic. Catrat, no? Oh, I don't know why I bother. I was up all night working on that. Um, is designed to string out the time because each interview was so short. The longer she paused, the fewer questions she would need to answer. I disagree on this occasion, Jules. I think that some of them do that, but I, I, you could almost hear the cogs whirring at, at, at a snail's pace as she desperately sought to come up with something to say in response to some rather splendid questions from a, a, a selection of local presenters, local radio presenters on the BBC. Part of the reason, if you're wondering, why would she do that and not do national stuff? Um, cowardice, I guess, although a huge miscalculation from her comms department, where I kid you not, someone who until quite recently worked for Prince Andrew is, uh, is, is currently quite high on the ladder of seniority. Um, they don't have to worry about access these people. They get to speak to the Prime Minister about once every electoral cycle, maybe during when, when there's an election on the horizon, and it's all set up in advance, and there's no chance whatsoever of a presenter on BBC Bristol or on BBC Kent having uh, access pulled. Oh, no, we won't talk to them next time, because it's done so swiftly so and, and for such a short period of time that they don't have to do what many presenters and journalists at a national level have to do, which is Sadly, and, and I mean no criticism by this, because I fully appreciate that not everybody can put together a daily current affairs program without ever talking to a member of the government, but they have to prostrate themselves a bit. They have to pull their punches. Not completely, not always consciously. Sometimes it's subconscious. But, um, you know, uh, that, that is why sometimes the local radio journalists who don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to be, oh, I don't know, invited to actually present a conservative leadership hustings, for example. They don't have to worry about keeping these people sweet so they can actually hit them with questions that might land a little harder than we are currently used to. Six minutes after 10 is the time. We'll have a little listen to some of them at the moment. But let's begin with a quick roundup. Um, if only you'd taken that job at Radio Norfolk, says Paul. Yeah, I know. Every day I wake up wondering. It's a sliding doors moment for me <laughs> on that. Um, six minutes after 10 is the time. I mean, here's the mad thing, right, about this morning. I, I mean, it, it, it's madness upon madness upon madness. But the mad thing about this morning is that unless I misconstrued everything I've heard so far, then you're looking at Liz Truss speaking publicly, making an appalling situation worse. Because as she was actually speaking, the UK's 10-year guilt rose by about 21 basis points to 4.22%, which means she has undone, and I know why this has happened, by refusing to admit a mistake and by continuing to claim that everything is going according to plan and this was actually the right thing to do. There's a huge flaw in that claim, by the way, which we'll get to in a second. But by refusing to admit any form of mistake and continuing to claim that everything that they've done was the right thing to do, 
she spooks the markets further. So this is where things get truly surreal. And, and that's an overused word, but it fits today because the distance from rational reality and this government now is so enormous that you could drive the Titanic through it. And the Titanic, of course, remains a very relevant analogy because what the Bank of England did yesterday was essentially slam on the emergency brakes on the government. But the, the announcement by Kwasi Kwarteng last week had done such damage to the markets, if you like, or rather to our economic standing, that the Bank of England had to use a ton of money to buy up to buy up stuff that if they hadn't bought it could have seen a run upon your pension fund of of the kind seen with the Northern Rock not that long ago. So that that's what happened yesterday. It's a very simple relationship. Whatever your politics, whatever your, your religion, whatever football team you support, the markets, the money markets, which determine most importantly how much it costs to borrow money, for example. I, you know, that, that, that is the simple, single most important element of this, especially for a government that has just announced billions and billions and billions and billions of pounds of uh, uncosted borrowing. The, the amount you will have to pay to borrow money is one of the main things affected by the quotes markets, end quotes, okay? They have run for the hills after Kwasi Kwarteng's budget announcement. So damaging is that to the overall economic picture of the nation that the Bank of England, which thank God is independent, has to gallop in and put the brakes on our own government. So the, 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 the National Bank, if you like, putting the brakes on the national government. And then today the Prime Minister came out and, or, I, well, yeah, she did. She essentially doubled down on the policy that has both spooked the markets and compelled the central bank to directly seek to undo some of the damage done by a government policy. So the bank is seeking to undo damage done by a policy introduced by Liz Truss, which she this morning is not only defending, but claiming was the correct course of action to follow. And that, in all the years I have been doing this job, is possibly the hardest thing I have ever try to understand, or, or the most difficulty I have ever had in understanding why they are doing something. Until you think of that big boat that we mentioned a moment ago, and, and they can't let go of the life raft. The life raft at the moment is the claim. It's a very Brexity claim. The life raft is the claim that however bad everything is going, it's definitely the right thing to be doing. Cling, 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 fingertips. Let go of it, what happens? You're out, you're finished, you're toast. And now this attempt in some corners of the media to separate Kwarteng from uh, Truss. Man alive, that's pathetic. You remember the three-legged race on sports day at school? Do you remember that when they used to bind our ankles together? And you'd, I don't know if they're allowed to do it anymore. It's probably so many fractured ankles and broken out. I'm sure they are. That, that's, that's, that's Truss and Kwarteng. They're bound at the ankle. Absolutely no way that he went out on Friday and announced things that she wasn't four square behind. Just doesn't happen like that. It simply doesn't. So that's where we are now. And this morning, as she spoke, even if you, like me, you struggle to understand some of the technical stuff, let me put it in the simplest of language. As Liz Truss was speaking, some of the damage undone by the Bank of England yesterday was redone. And here's another thing I noticed. 
Oh, quickly, the, the reason why the defence that this is absolutely fine and all going according to plan is so dishonest and, and destructive and ridiculous is very, very simply because they should have. They would have told us. If they'd known that this was going to happen, they'd have told us this was going to happen. The, 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 the sort of phalanx of complete flumps who have been praising this, only one or two of them are left. There's a bloke in the Telegraph called Alistair Heath still claiming this is the, he was claiming it's the best budget he'd ever seen last week. Front page of the Daily Telegraph, finally a proper conservative budget. Do you know where the economy is today in the Daily Mail? Front page of the Daily Mail, sorry, had that headline. Less than a week later, they don't even talk about it until page eight. They've got a story on their front page, the Daily Mail, which told you Liz Truss was the answer to the nation's problems, and that budget announced last week was delivered direct from the, from, from, from the heavens. They've got a story about one of Stephen Lawrence's murderers being found with a phone up his fundament. That, that's the front page story of the Conservative Party's House Journal today, the Daily Mail, while the country burns. That's what they're doing. Look over there, page eight, before they even get round to it. And of course, if there was even a scintilla of truth, if there was a morsel of plausibility in the claim that this is actually the correct thing to do and everything is going according to plan, they'd have told us, they'd have warned us, they would have comforted the markets about what the master plan was. But they're not. They are headless chickens running around claiming to be in complete control of the situation. And I have finally realised why I fell in love with a phrase a year or so ago and turned it into one of my regular catchphrases on the programme, that's not an opinion, that's counting. Because you can gaslight voters, you can gaslight media, you can sign up secretly funded lobby groups masquerading as think tanks to infiltrate every corner of the British media, selling your vampiric neoliberal agenda. That's all opinion. Opinion, opinion, opinion. You can't gaslight numbers. You can't... Uh, sway the markets with propaganda. That the, These are the super brains. These are the blokes sitting there crunching numbers and reading the runes and looking at what's going to happen on the horizon and betting the house on it. They take a lot more care with their decisions than Kwasi Kwarteng or Liz Trusty. Kwasi Kwarteng dispensing with the most senior civil servant in the Treasury, a, a universally respected individual called Tom Scholar, and simultaneously telling the Independent Office for Budgetary Responsibility not to bother getting out of bed in the morning when they were ready and willing to provide proper economic costings and forecasts of everything that he announced on Friday. It is literally closing your eyes and sticking your fingers in your ears. And I mean literally, it's not metaphorical. At some point, he must have actually closed his eyes and stuck his fingers in his ears. Everybody needs, I nearly used, well, I didn't nearly use a rude word there. I should stop saying that. I'm far too professional ever to use a rude word on the radio, but I'd like to sometimes. Everybody needs a WASIC alarm, right? Everybody needs a WASIC alarm. Everybody needs someone who will whisper in their ear, on occasion, mate, you're being a WASIC. I'm very lucky. I've told you before. I'll tell you again. I made the very brilliant decision of marrying a Wazzaka long. There are a few things uh, more I important to a happy marriage than having a Wazzaka long on, uh, on the other side of the dining table. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wind your neck out. And, and he got rid of his Wazzaka long. Not only did he get rid of his Wazzaka long, he also got rid of his spreadsheet. And he just walked into the House of Commons and announced stuff without justifying it, explaining it, accounting for it, or generating any faith whatsoever in it, outside, of course, the offices of the Daily Mail and the Daily Telegraph. And that's why we are where we are. There it is, in a nutshell. All right, this is the... Uh...
the local radio interviews that he was talking about. I think it will be interesting. Good morning, if you're just joining us. Just gone 8am on this Thursday morning. And joining me now is the Prime Minister, Liz Truss. Good morning, Prime Minister. Good morning. Good How morning. are you? How are you doing? Have you slept well? I, I have. Thank you very much. Good. And it's great to be here on Radio Radio Leeds. I am really glad that you are here as well, because since Friday, since your Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini budget, the pound has dropped to a record low. The IMF has said that you should reevaluate your policies. And the Bank of England has had to spend £65 billion to prop up the markets because of what they describe as a material risk. Where have you been? No one can deny you enter Downing Street with a difficult job on your hands, but you've made the situation worse so far, haven't you? Well, let's remember the situation we were facing when I entered Downing Street. I am of the view that we need to have local consent uh, to proceed with projects like fracking. Uh, I also support that for housing. What I want is, and this is why we're setting up new investment zones across the country with local support to get the economy going, to get investment into our country. And the same is true for energy projects as well. Let's talk about local consent right now. What does that look like? Scott Benton, the Conservative MP for Blackpool South, in a tweet says he believes that people in Blackpool South do not support fracking. This is the Tory MP for Fylde, Mark Menzies in the House of Commons. If the Prime Minister is to remain a woman of our word, a woman that we can believe in, which I believe she is, can the Secretary of State outline how that local consent will be given and demonstrated in my constituency of Fylde? What does local consent look like, Prime Minister? Well, I, the, the, the Energy Secretary will be laying out uh, in more detail exactly what that looks like, but it does mean making sure there is local support for, for going ahead. And it, I can it, assure you... It sounds you, like you don't know. Assure and I can assure Mark Menzies, well, there are, there are various detailed issues to be worked through, but I can assure Mark Menzies that I will make sure there is local consent if we are to go ahead in any particular area with fracking. But your local MPs don't want it, all Conservative. In the past, the County Council have said they didn't want it, yet your government overturned it. The science hasn't changed. Why can't you tell us this morning there won't be a return to fracking in Lancashire? Well, I don't, I don't accept the premise of your question. Uh, Why? It's certainly the case at present. Uh, well, because what I've said is if there is local consent, we will go ahead. We need to explore where there is local consent and where there isn't. Time is short, so I'm going to just blaze on into the questions. Lots from my listeners this morning. Carrie in Birchington says... What on earth were you thinking? The country was already in a state of recession. And another says, how can we ever trust the Conservatives with our economy again? And Lydia says, are you ashamed of what you've done? Are you? I think we have to remember what situation this country was facing. We were going into the winter with people uh, expected to face fuel bills of up to £6,000, huge rates of inflation. And you've made it worse. Also slowing slowing economic growth. And what we've done is we've taken action to make sure that from this weekend, people won't be paying a typical fuel bill of more than £2,500, not just this year, 
but also next year. But isn't that cancelled out by the fact inflation. that you've made you're making inflation work with the measures that you have brought in on Friday in the mini budget? People are worried about their mortgages and they're tearing their hair out over their pensions. I've got so many messages, Liz. We've also taken action to reduce our tax burden and spur Yeah, but pr Prime Minister, with respect, that so is we the same scripted answer you've given going. to every BBC local radio station this morning. You've got the Bank of England stepping in now to try and clean up a mess, a government has caused. That has never happened. We have a very, very difficult economic global situation because of the war that Vladimir Putin has perpetrated in Ukraine. And countries are under pressure around yeah, but the this world, isn't, of course. This isn't Putin. This isn't just about Putin. I mean, your Chancellor on Friday opened up the stable door and spooked the horses so much you can almost see the economy being dragged behind them. This is about Putin and the war in Ukraine. That is why we so are So the Bank of England's intervention yesterday was the fault of Vladimir Putin, was it? The average salary in Stoke-on-Trent is £25,000. Under your tax cuts, the lowest income households will save £22.12. The richest households will gain almost an extra £10,000 a year. How is that fair? How are you going to win the seats in Stoke-on-Trent? I Stoke want the average salary in Stoke to go up. My policies are all about making sure that average salaries go up and we have a growing and productive economy. And you don't get a growing and productive economy by putting taxes up. That's a reality. Often you get more revenue with lower taxes because it attracts more growth, it attracts more people into work, it attracts more investment. And what my policies are about is about delivering for places like Stoke in the long term, delivering the investment, delivering the higher wage jobs. That's what I want to do. And too often tax policy has just been seen as being about distribution. It's not. It's also about how we grow the size of the pie so that everyone can benefit. By borrowing more and putting our mortgages up. So I, I just want to, to tell you, because a lot of people have been getting in touch with us, uh, Liz, about what they would ask you um, if they were here. Uh, there, there's lots of people in West Yorkshire who were struggling. Have a listen to Lee. We met him at a food bank in West Yorkshire. This is what he had to say. If it weren't for the food bank, I wouldn't be able to feed my children and myself. I'm just at the amount where I can't claim any help whatsoever. And then you get the small pay rises and then everything just goes up. Not only am I working hard, harder than ever at work, prices of everything going up as electric and gas bills are going to go through the roof soon. I have a wife who suffers with mental illness as it is and it, it, it's quite it, it's quite hard. You, you try to cope on the outside, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really well, to be honest with you. That's quite heartbreaking to listen to, Prime Minister. What would you say to people like Lee? And there are lots of them listening in West Yorkshire right now. Well, the the issues that Lee raises and you know is clearly, clearly very, very difficult for people. It's very difficult for Lee. But the issue he raises, like inflation, the package that we put forward on energy is going to reduce or likely to reduce inflation by up to 5%. Uh, the action we've taken on energy bills will mean that Lee and other people living in West Yorkshire aren't going to be facing energy pills of £6,000, which is what was forecast. On one hand, you're saying uh, you don't like the package. On the other hand, you're saying people need a more energy support. I mean... <laughs> The reason well, I don't think, I don't think, any, I don't think anyone is difficult. objecting, Prime Minister, to the energy support that you announced. I think what people are worried about is the tax cuts that were announced for the wealthy primarily on Friday, which first of all people think are unfair, because if you're going to have that level of public spending required, 
Shouldn't it be spent in other areas? And secondly, it spooked the markets. Borrowing has shot up. I thought you believed in sound money. I thought you believed in low levels of borrowing. That's what you said when you were part of David Cameron's government. Or have you changed your mind on that like you did about Brexit? I do believe in sound money. Uh, I would point out that interest rates are going up around the world. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates. This is a global phenomenon. But what, what we need to do, and we had the highest tax burden for 70 years, and we've reduced taxes across the board. And in a lot of cases, it's simply not raising taxes, as we've done on corporation tax. But what we are doing is we are making sure that taxes are lower. Your I don't think we should rule out the whole okay. of Lancashire. You talked about how it's a success in other countries. But in America, they do it in the middle of nowhere. Do you actually know where Preston New Road is, where they have been fracking? Well, I don't. I I don't think I've been to that site in the past. Shouldn't you? Well, as I've said, we will only go ahead with projects where there is local consent. I'm very, very clear about that. There you go. That was the local, the local people doing their thing on local radio. What? Phenomenal questions. I, I, I don't hear questions like that on the BBC anymore. But the local radio is doing its job, so God bless them for it. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. We're, we've, we've covered what I've covered what I wanted to, to cover. Um, we're about twenty minutes in, so I think that's probably it. So I, I shall catch you for the music show later on this evening, uh, nine PM my time. 9 p.m. UK time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'll be on here playing some some old rock tunes. Um, and thanks for listening. I'll see you later.